Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. 1,000 people a day. That's the number of people moving to Florida each and every day for the past several years. Actually, it seems more at times, but regardless, all these people need homes. And until recently, there simply hasn't been enough as evidence of the price run-up here in the real estate market. But one organization saw this migration trend happening years ago, and now they're building an amazing planned community of on 11,000 acres, 22,000 homes, and 60,000 plus residents in the southern part of Sarasota County. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, where I try to find the most interesting people doing the most fascinating work here in the greater Sarasota area. I believe if you really want to understand the community you live in and appreciate all it has to offer, then listening to each other's stories is an absolute must. So I'm very pleased to welcome today Rick Severance, Division President at Welland Park, Madame Homes, USA. As you might imagine, Welland Park is one of the fastest growing master plan communities in the United States. In today's episode, you'll learn one thing most people don't know about Rick, why he chose the development and construction industry as a career, how Welland Park compares to Lakewood Ranch, the villages, and other plan communities, tips on what home buyers might consider when looking for a home at Welland Park, and much, much more. I'm so glad you stopped by today, as it's my hope that you will listen, learn, and connect. Rick Severance, Division President at Welland Park of Mattamy Homes, one of the United States' top fastest-selling master plan communities in the United States. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. For our listeners' sake, uh, before I hit record on this, Rick and I were chatting, and, and one of the things we had to take care of was trying to make sure that his computer didn't ping us because he said maybe in the next half an hour, he's going to get 20 emails come rolling in. So, Rick, I really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, be on the show. My pleasure. I'm really excited <laughs> about it. Well, Welland Park is uh, going to be, a well, it is an incredible project just south of Sarasota here. And we want to get into the whole construction phase and your role in it and what Welland Park is about. But before we get into it, one of the things that I always like to ask my guests is what's one thing that most people don't know about Rick Severance? Uh, you know, I, th I thought what, what would be interesting? I, th 
I recently qualified and competed in the U.S. Nationals for triathlon. So it's the way I, I'm a pretty high strung, high intensity individual, and it's a really good way to um, balance that. Uh, my wife often says, hey, don't you need to go on a run soon? Which I think is her way of making sure I kind of bring the stress level down. So, yeah, probably most people don't know that uh, that I really enjoy triathlon and love competing. Well, what does that mean? I mean, so how long is a triathlon now? Because there's different levels, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So I've done Ironman. I've done half Ironman. Uh, I compete really wow. at the Olympic and the and the smaller distances now because – Time is precious, and um, I work a lot. And I also live in Fort Myers, so I travel, you know, two plus hours a day just to get to and from work. So I don't have a lot of extra time. You know, when you do those really long Ironmans, it's just the volume of time it takes. I just don't have it anymore. Uh, but I really love competing, and um, and it's a great way to uh, meet other people who have similar interests. So it's been fun for me for years. Probably been doing it now 20 years. That's incredible. That's incredible. How's the joints holding up? I am I am blessed. We're just going to put it right there because I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> yeah, because I'm 62 and I, I wanted to do CrossFit, but the old joints said, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think yeah. so. You know, yeah. everyone's got to find their thing, though. You know, yeah. I have friends that are avid walkers and it does exactly for them what they need. So every, everyone has a different different vibe that they need to get from, you know, the physical fitness. Yeah, yeah, I'm good for about 30 minutes on a treadmill and a little bit of weightlifting. <laughs> that, that's works. About, that works. That's too. it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, listen, give us some. So you've been in the construction, real estate development market for, it appears, most of your career. Give us some broad strokes of your background and kind of your formative years and then how you got into your line of work. Um, you know, interestingly enough, my dad was in the hotel business and moderately and and was also in the food service who's had mcdonald's my mom and dad both um uh, we kind of vacationed at large format resorts and their peer set was with these general managers of large resort properties and so i early on i said hey that's what i wanted to be i wanted to be a resort general manager that was mm. kind of what i thought i wanted so i went to college specifically for hospitality on the business side, um, but had a flavor for real estate. I worked for Hyatt Hotels and Resorts coming out of college and was really fortunate. I, I was given an opportunity to go open up a new resort in um, Texas, and I got the development side of it, and it really kind of stuck. So um, then I went to Ernst & Young and really was a strategy I was a strategy consultant, business process improvement, specifically for hospitality and real estate. So my natural clients were large scale format, resort and residential. And and from there, it was just kind of Katie bar the door. I knew I loved it. And, and interestingly enough about master plan community development, there's a lot of hospitality aspects to it. So everything I learned from sure. Hyatt Hotels and, and some of these other great brands um, I was able to transfer to what I do now. And then when I was a consultant with Ernst & Young, you get to learn best and brightest, best practices from some of the greatest companies. And being able to transfer that has been beneficial. I hear Ernst & Young and the other large accounting firms that like they just they really work you to death when you're young because they know that typically you're going to peel off and go with some other firm. 
Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm I'm like every other consultant with Ernst & Young. I sat as an interim chief operating officer and then a CEO for a company that was my client. And then that company offered me the CEO job. So my first CEO job was literally a client that um, uh, offered me the job. And and I moved from Ohio to Florida back in 1999, I think. Yep. So, so were you born in Ohio? I was. Yep. My wife and I. Yeah. What what part? I'm a Cincinnati boy. I'm a Columbus boy. There you go. Yep. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. (laughs) Well, and Seminoles, but yeah, go Bucks lately. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, after we lost the last two games of the season, well, hopefully, hope springs eternal for next year. So, agreed. Anyways. Well, let's let's get into Welland Park. First off, uh, just for our listeners who may not know where it's located, where is Welland Park? And then just talk a little bit about the scale of Welland Park and and, and just give our listeners a perspective on that. Sure. So um, we're on US 41. Um, we're in the city of Northport, but also within Sarasota County. Uh, it's it's has a Venice mailing address, but then we have such a large land holding, which is almost 13,000 acres total. Wow. Your postal codes will be everything from Venice to Englewood as you get closer to the beach. Um, but it's South County, uh, Sarasota County. And, right. Uh, and really just a little bit further east of Venice. Right. And so, so with 13,000 acres, you have actually 10 planned neighborhoods that you all are building out, Correct. Yeah, just just current. So some neighborhoods have already closed out, like Grand Paradiso Island Walk, and they're very large format, two thousand units in each one of those. And then I was brought in to start bringing everything that was south of forty one, and we have eight new neighborhoods under construction uh, or actively selling. And then we just contracted for two brand new neighborhoods as well. So yeah, lots lots going on, and that doesn't include the multifamily. We do have fifteen hundred multifamily either build for rent houses, build for rent cottages, age-restricted apartments, uh, senior living. We have a lot of that going on as well as just single-family residential neighborhoods. Wow. It, it seems like a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts. But so, so then as president, give us a perspective from your office. What then are, are kind of like your primary responses? What do you, what do you get into? And what, what do you kind of like delegate or don't get into? Such a great question. We're a really thin team. We're we there's only eleven of us total for the whole the whole development, and that includes marketing, engineering, oh land development, leasing. Uh, we brought on two new folks this year to assist with events and some facilities management, but we're really really thin. You know, um, I've always been really fortunate to be a good. I call it a Swiss Army knife. Mm. You know, being able to do leasing, be able to do marketing, be able to do land development, large format sales, commercial, residential. Um, So I would say there's not a typical day. Uh, Every day I have to ebb and flow based on what's um, in front of me. But those big buckets are really sales, marketing, leasing, and probably for the most part, what I'm drawn to and probably what has gotten me where I am now is the placemaking aspect of building a community, those small touch points. How does, how do people interact with the community as a whole? You you have all these great neighborhoods. They're all stakeholders and the overall kind of uh, like the spokes of a, of a wheel. I love to create the hub where everyone can come together and how do they experience Willem Park, not just how they live it, 
Um, and those are lifestyle elements. Those are aha things that over the years I've been fortunate to to kind of put in my tool belt, tool belt, tool belt so to speak, and uh, layer those into um, the development as a whole. Like, I mean, how does I, I mean, because this is this is completely outside of any experience that I've ever had. And, and you know, I'd be like any other consumer or any other, you know, um, home buyer. I come rolling into Welland Park thinking you know, about, about the uh, neighborhoods there and whatnot. But when you are planning 10 different neighborhoods and they're different price points, right? I mean, cause you have everywhere from 200,000 up to 800,000, I think that it is roughly speaking. I mean, how do you, I guess, how do you, um, how do you lay those things out? And it, because each one of those is a different feel, a different touch point, a different price point for a different consumer, so, I mean, what, what goes into laying that out so that you have kind of is what, what you think is best for the for the area, for the land use? Uh, data. You know, a lot of that's driven off of data, and I take data very seriously. I think a lot of people, they receive data, but they don't analyze it. Um, so it's not as good as the paper it's written on if you're not doing anything with it. We try to have proper stratification of pricing and product so that there's not too much overlap. Um you know, a neighborhood or a price point shouldn't be direct competition with another neighborhood with the exact same product or pricing. Right. Uh, so I, I really work with our builders uh, to discuss just that product and pricing. And in some cases, we'll contractually layer in guardrails to say you can't go outside this pricing band or you can't go out this size, the outside the size of this this band. You know, we have had we've been listening to our customers who are looking for a lot, what I'll call more refined elevation, larger homes. Um, certainly COVID brought a funnel of folks that have wealth from the Northeast and even sure. the Midwest that hadn't you know, experienced well in park before. And so we have new homes coming online that are a million six to two million. Okay. Uh, because that's what the customer was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is really interesting. And we're excited about new builders like Lee Weatherington and John Cannon and and bringing in a product that's really customized, which we hadn't had before. Um, you know, I think for us, it's not getting also too far out over your skis and putting too much product out there, uh, being a little bit nimble. And when you work with the builders the, with the end user in mind, so whatever Mr. and Mrs. Severance want to buy, you want to make sure that they're successful too, that they love the neighborhood they're in. If they need to resale, that you put them in a situation where they can be successful. So uh, again, I use the data to drive decisions and then it's communication with the builders so that we marry up pricing product and um, and the, the end user experience. I, I'm sure COVID was like a blessing and a curse because we're still dealing with some supply chain issues that I know of. I don't know how that's impacted you all, but it's also driven more buyers down to your area. Yeah, we had a supply chain issue for sure. You know, um, I would say we we were so successful when I first got here. We were selling through a number of those neighborhoods and then trying to get new neighborhoods that had an offering for the amount of demand we had. There was just a disconnect. We had more demand than we had supply. We're sure. catching back up. 2023 will be a really great year for us, which is exciting. Uh, but there was also, you know, we had builders that couldn't get their arms around the pricing. You know, they couldn't commit to selling to Mr. Smith today, knowing nine months from now that that literally could change um, they didn't want to contract with them right away because they weren't sure where lumber was going to go. Right. That was an interesting dynamic. Uh, and I would tell you, communicating with our consumer from the Northeast or, you know, our number one feeder market is if you, is Florida. 
ironically. It's not hmm. the Midwest. You would think interesting. it's Tampa, Orlando, and Miami. Interesting. So, yeah, it's interesting you say that about trying to get their uh, head around the pricing point uh, for, for materials, et cetera. I face that firsthand. Uh, my wife and I live in a, a home that was built in 97. We've done upgrades and all that, but we were looking to move into one of the new neighborhoods up here in the Sarasota area. That's exactly what we ran into. We talked with the uh, agent on site there, and he said, look, he says, if you offer me X right now, which is you know, a hundred thousand above what the, right. the price point. He says, I can't sell it to you. Right. And th this was, they were going to do a build out. I mean, this was going to be a home that was, you know, in the process being built out and they had the particular models. And, 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 uh, so, I mean, that's a, that's a wonky situation to be in, which we haven't faced in this country for a long time, given the inflationary pressures. Um, what's the, so, so where, where are we now? You say the supply chain issue is, is becoming better. Um, but you still have inflationary pressures that are, that are impacting you all. So how do you navigate that? I mean, you know, you have a financial background, so, but still, that's been a long time since we've had inflation like that. You know what? I, it's, it's very interesting. And, and this is a global, this is a kind of a global comment, but interest rates aren't really a huge deterrent for the buyer at Welland Park because we don't sell a lot of homes to first time home buyers. Or step up home buyers, which are much more concerned with what that monthly yes, payment of course, is, right? Of course. Our average sales price went up 23% last year in terms of what the home used to cost in 21 versus 22, uh, what, what it transacted at. So, um, though it's a factor for sure, 51% of all of our buyers still buy in cash. That does not surprise me. I so have heard interest that for rates years. for me and were for us at Welland Park weren't nearly as um, concerning as probably for some of the other national builders that are in neighborhoods that are more value oriented and or uh, really market to the first time home buyer, family buyer. Right. Know, though we have a you know twenty five to thirty percent that's the family buyer. It's not our hallmark. It's not our staple. So, so do you all look at Welland Park as being kind of in competition, in competition with Liquid Ranch and the Villages? I mean, the other large development. Do, do you, I mean, I mean, is it like you're going head to head in competition or no? You know, I think supply is competition. So yes, of course. Um, really, how many folks are looking at best places to retire? That's one option. Sure. Um, where the growth vehicles are, we have a huge influx of medical and medical office. We've just contracted with a new hospital. We have 300,000 square feet of new office and medical office contracted wow. or coming wow. out of the ground. Yeah. So those are jobs and job creation and economic growth. Um, you know, having housing that matches that growth. We'll, we've seen a ton of um, influx of medical personnel, everything from the doctor or the surgeon all the way down to the radiology tech. So, um, as long as you've got job creation, I think we're going to still be uh, fortunate. You know, we have things that some of the competitors don't have. You know, we're less than 15 minutes from the beach, eight miles as the crow flies. We're two miles from the Mayaka. So if you're a stand-up paddleboarder or a kayaker, right. that, we have large format lakes, you know, 80, 90 acres. Um, what, what about if you want to run a triathlon? You want oh, to try that? Yes, absolutely. We got that too. Uh, the, the, the truth is we just have attributes that maybe some of our competitors don't. Yeah. And they also have attributes. You know, the villages in Lakewood Ranch, they're 25 plus years ahead of us. We're, we're really just up and coming when it comes to the growth. And we did not have a commercial core or a downtown, which is under construction. We just now will do our first event 
and open the lake uh, February 12th. So we have our model home showcase. Um, they have those entities already up and operational where we're just now starting with our commercial. You know, and, and the other thing is, is since you're maybe the newest kid on the block, I don't know, is, you know, from, again, my wife and I's perspective, we are looking for a home that just has newer materials in it. Yeah. I mean, because the technology change and the quality of materials uh, keeps going up and up and up. And of course, the building codes keep changing for our, our wonderful hurricanes that we get down here every once in a while. Right. But, you know, that's I think, you know, obviously that's a big driver, I think, for, you know, wanting to buy a newer home as well. Yeah, that hurricane code in particular, you know, given storm sensitivity, we did, we fared phenomenally well with the last uh, event. I call them events. I, I don't like to use the H word. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there was literally modest to no flooding in the neighborhoods. Wow. Uh, very cool. little damage. All of our downtown buildings sustained next to nothing. So, um, we were really very, very fortunate. It almost, all, I was almost sensitive though, because you still have a workforce. We have probably 400 people on job sites within Wellen Park right now. Those folks and where they lived, you know, were affected. And we, yes. had, we had to be really sensitive uh, with delivery times and expectations. Yeah. And and even the sub-trade, you know, when the insurance, when they can chase insurance dollars, right, versus their core business, who would blame them, right? They have yes, their, they've right. got homesteads that are affected now their income can be you know incentive is everything you, right you, you got it and so we're trying to navigate that and make sure we communicate with our stakeholders and our future residents and our customers alike you know we all just need to take a big deep breath and and be patient and um, kind of be more grace-based in how we expect deadlines and timelines that's just the way it is so, so and I didn't ask you this up front once well and Park is built out how many home sites are we talking about? Including, we have 3,000 acres. We have 3,000 acres in Sarasota County as yeah. well. So okay, all in, yes. it's probably 30,000. We have 22,000 right. in city of Northport. Property. Oh, man. And then the balance is in, in, um, in unincorporated Sarasota County. So if, uh, you know, Bob and Leslie Williams come rolling down to Welland Park and we say, you know, we, you know, what, what should we keep in mind, uh, Rick, before we buy a home down here? What are, what are some tips you can give to uh, potential buyers? You know, I referenced this proximity to the beach and the water, but yet not with the higher prices and or the flood insurance and some of those things. You know, there, it's, there's something to be said about that. Um, I would tell you the way the sun rises and sunsets on this land is staggering. I take pictures. I run at night after work and I take pictures. I'm not kidding. Almost every single night, the sunset is amazing. We oriented the entire downtown. We shifted it so that it could take advantage of uh, literally the sunset views. That's very cool. Um, that is very cool. You know, I think the connection of all these great neighborhoods feeling like they're part of something bigger and the downtown creating a main and high for them. Um, so, you know, it's the great equalizer. It's a place where you can take the grandkids or your kids. Sure. It's a place that your your kids are going to going to come for spring break. You know your place. Your place is that place. So um, I'm I'm excited about all of the attributes. I would be remiss if I didn't say the That's Braves cool. have been an outstanding partner for us. Uh, you know, having them in the hub of the community. Let's and let's, just, and let's yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about that. And kind of like the the commercial side of things. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to bring that fine. that piece, that piece up there. Let, let's because we've talked a little bit about the residential side. So let's talk about the commercial. And 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 if if I'm remiss about bringing up the Braves again, please talk about that. 
Sure. But but on, but you also have it's not only building out the home sites. You're working with all these contractors and all these other businesses like banks and schools and supermarkets. You have other folks who want to put I you know I don't know strip malls in there and and uh, you know builders. Strip malls, not strip malls. Well, you guys put it, you guys put them in and you lease them out. I don't know. So, but, but, uh, so, so what, I mean, what does that look like? I mean, are, do you go out, you market that everybody knows that you're there. So they're going to come to you. How, how do you, how do you kind of balance all those pieces of the puzzle? It starts with a planning charrette. You're very strategic in terms of what land, we call it a bubble plan, what 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 use type needs to go in what area to create the right sense of place. Um, I'm a huge fan of diversification. So you can't just be about single family residential. You have to have healthcare, you have to have wellness, you have to have commercial, you have to have shopping, you have to have entertainment, you have to have worship. I mean, all of, all of that makes a great master plan. Education as well. Um, sure. so you, when you look at the overall land plan, you start to create uh, bubble diagrams of what the use type needs to be. Then you figure out where you want that to go in your, in your life cycle of the project. Um, in most instances, if you've created a great place, you don't necessarily have to actively go out and market. I call it casting. You know who you want. You go to them and you say, I really like this use type. I would love to bring you in. Let's talk about that. We just signed a contract for three hotels. Two will close in this year, uh, FY23. And we literally went to the group and said, you're the group we want to work with. Because you see cool. the vision, if that right. makes any sense at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, so I, I, it's taking a strategic plan, identifying the use type, and then going and casting into, do you buy into the vision? We really see you as the user. We'd love to have you here, and let's work on terms if you agree that, that uh, Welland Park is for you. So that's that's how we do it. In some cases, we'll pull back because we've had such success, like right now in medical office, I don't need to sell more medical office. I can pull back on that and we'll find other. Um, we're looking at some missing middle housing, which is an interesting element that helps a little bit with essential housing and, and more affordability. So we're working on a bunch of different things that add value to the overall community. So, so I guess what I hear you saying is, is it's kind of like uh, a mall that may have an anchor store that they put in there. Those are the those so, so you've identified the folks that you really want to work with. Is that across the spectrum, or do folks that maybe you don't know come to you? I mean, you know, how big is the industry as far as your contacts and yeah? What does that look know, like? I, I would say um, the the mall analogy is is different. Um, yes, you want key anchors, but the anchors are use types; they're not brands per se. So if healthcare, if education, if wellness, those are the anchors for us. Uh, it's not specifically to a particular uh, brand, if you will. Um, uh, I will say you create the straw man and then you put uses sure. on, you know, that they complement each other. Um, I would tell you right now, I still think we're short on apparel you know i have three daughters and a wife and and they love to shop uh we're layering and shopping for the first time in this area there isn't there isn't any down here so um what when you build it will they come yes as soon as these retailers are successful when i call it retailers i mean soft retail that'll be easier to get additional soft retail here um i would say we also have pretty high standards so uh 
we're not in a huge hurry because we're privately owned. There's nobody with a gun to our head saying you need to have returns within five years. So some of these decisions we're making are long-term decisions so that they're beneficial for the consumer today, but also long-term. They're not, hey, get your return and, and, and cut and run. That's not the way we look at the long-term strategic development for the master plan. Well, as as a father of three daughters myself, I can tell you that apparel is very important. So, <laughs> well, I'll, pray for you. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. How's that? <laughs> well, mine a little bit older, so I'm I'm kind of like through through that right now. But we're doing all right on that end. But uh, yeah, sometimes Amazon just doesn't cut it. You know, they got to go out and, and touch it and try it on and all that sort of jazz. But that's interesting. So, so how do you work with the builders themselves? Because obviously, there's tons of builders in the area. And you all talk around the cooler there about, you know, who's great to work with, who's not. Everybody has a profile. Everybody has a particular, I guess, company culture or um, a brand, if you will. How do you navigate that? Um, part, back to that stratification of identifying pricing and product and, and brand in terms of the uh, affinity, affinity for a builder. Um, it's it's back to what I said. It's casting. It's finding the right group. Uh, also, it's supply. So where they are in the region, where they've been successful elsewhere, do they have the financial wherewithal and or the sub base to be able to be successful and deliver when they say they're going to deliver and they have the right customer satisfaction? At the end of the day, they buy a house. Um, it's amazing how many people, if they've had either a great experience or, you know, an area where they need some attention, even it's with a builder that has nothing to do with Madame, will get to my desk. And, and so we have to take that very seriously. So when we decide we want to work with a builder, we take those factors into consideration. Um, and reputation is really important. And this is a small industry, ironically, uh, in that everyone shares a lot of best practices and you know, you know when there's trouble on the street, so we try to sure stay from trouble on the street. Sure, you do. I, I'm sure it's very gratifying from the standpoint that you can physically see the results of your work, and you, you you see it laid out on a map. And you know, it's just like myself. I mean, my the results of my work are that 100 episodes that we've done, and it's all on a screen. And, and I've met wonderful people. All the guests that I've had on have really made the show, but you can actually drive around or in your case, run around or bike around and see all the results of your labors. How gratifying is that? It is without a doubt the thing I'm most proud of. Sure. It's the thing I talk to my wife and my kids about, like, you know, they haven't seen the space for six months or something. And then they come up and visit and their eyes are wide. And when you see it every day, it's not that same kind of aha, but I, you know, we were in the downtown just yesterday having a stand-up meeting and I just was patting everybody on the back, how proud I am to be a part of this. Um, it is so gratifying to see something on a sheet of paper that turns into a lifestyle and an experience that people talk about uh, the, one of my favorite things is these little aha moments, and I, I'll leave it for people to come visit. I, we've got some surprises in the downtown, and I've done those on purpose. I, I've done them because I want people to come back, and I want people to talk about it, not just at the bus stop, but on social media. Um, sure. There are things I'm, I'm, I'm really, really proud that they've come to fruition. I, it's very exciting and gratifying. Well, it's, it certainly must be. So, so um, give some tips about somebody maybe we have a young younger listener out there is thinking you know I'm, I'm looking for a career in the construction and the 
in the uh, real estate industry, but I want to go corporate. I don't I don't want to do like what's so popular these days where, you know, they want to buy a half a dozen different homes or units or whatnot, but they, they want to really go the corporate route. What's been the, the, the best thing about that for you? I mean, what would be some tips you'd give somebody listening to this podcast? First, be a good listener and and be um, present in other areas of discipline that that are outside your your skill set. And then that sounds like a lot of words, but what I mean is, I'm not an engineer. But there's no way we could do what we do without our engineers. So, I, but every single time I'm in those meetings, I learn. So, you know, put yourself in situations that are outside your comfort zone where you may not be able to add any value to a particular meeting, but you may just be absorbing that on the job training is huge. So never be afraid to ask to be a participant in a meeting, even if you don't think you can add any value because you're going to learn a ton in the process. Um, and I'm a big fan of inspect what you expect. You know, I, there's a level of accountability that I don't know what's happening in the world right now, but people don't want to be held accountable. Um, if you go in every day not being afraid to be held accountable for the work that you're doing, you'll be successful. You know, I was getting ready to let you go, but we started to talk about baseball uh, before this. Tell us about who's uh, coming down there. Which team is it? And they're putting in a uh, a park, is it? Uh, no, so the Braves are already here. It's uh, oh, cool. only spring, brand new spring training facility. It's been opened. This will be its fourth season. Ironically, it's had COVID and then modest. It had 30% occupancy the second year, and then last year was the lockout, so they only did half their games. Uh, it is a $111 million facility. We donated the land. It is a wow. phenomenal bar ballpark, and I will tell you the Atlanta Braves organization who owns their farm teams yeah, they yeah. have been one of the best partners I've ever worked with. Oh, that's great. And, and, and right to the CEO, um, we spend a lot of time with them. Uh, we have a hotel parcel that they're building with a partner, uh, a new hotel directly adjacent to the stadium also. So um, it's a great it's an it's an amenity, but it's more than that. It's part of the lifestyle vibe. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For Welland Park as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, Rick, I'm going to let you go because yeah, I'm sure you've got about 30 emails that are waiting to be sent to you, right? Well, I, I, I did. I did. We did well. I, I told everyone. Did really well. To you cool did. it for a little while. So thank you so much for including <laughs> me and having me. It's It's been a pleasure. And uh, we are going to, uh, we're, we will have in the show notes, of course, in the introductory to send people to wellandpark.com. It's a great website, has everything there that any listener would want to have as far as uh, PDF files, downloading maps, everything about all the different neighborhoods that you're building. But Rick, I do appreciate you much coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. All right. My pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Hello, dear listeners. This is Bob again. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect.